I want to preach a sermon tonight called Faith is a Lifestyle. And um, I want to say something to the ones of you. Um, I, I, I love the people who go to this church. And, and when I got born again, I began to hear a message of the, called the faith message. And it's probably been the most revolutionary message uh, in the earth today. But it's not easy to live. And I think a lot of times we need to say that to people because it's a lifestyle. And I say this, I'm going to start off and I want to explain faith to you in two different ways. Many people preach faith like it's a parachute. When you get in trouble and the plane engine quits, you jump out and pull the string. That's not faith. Faith's not a parachute. Faith is something that you do every day of your life. It is a, it is the way you live. And if you don't learn to live by faith, you won't have any when you need it. And because of that, there's a lot of people who try it and they don't make it very well and they end up getting upset. I end up being concerned about them because I'm like, well, I don't want to be negative, but I'm like, um, we're going to believe God for mercy, you know, because of situations. So I want, to, I want to start off by talking about it. Last week, does anybody even remember what we talked about? Your imagination. Talking about the proper use of your imagination. There's a lot of elements to walking by faith that we need to know, and, and, and this is the big one. Faith is the victory, First John 5, 4. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. And if you learn to walk by faith, it isn't that you'll never have a problem, but you'll, you, can poss- you can win every battle. You can win every battle. That, now, that may sound uh, he- like heresy to some people, but it is not. Um, I've been on the internet and I have listened to people who are anti-faith message and they, they will make a statement like those faith people act like they never have any trouble. Well, I don't believe any, I've ever heard anybody say we never have trouble. Right. We don't, uh, we don't uh, allow it to be, have the final word. And that's where the difference is. It isn't that we don't have trouble. Matter of fact, we might have more trouble. And because you're a born-again Christian, you are going to have trouble. You are going to have trouble. Some of it you're creating. We all do. Some of it people around you are creating. Some of it the devil's creating. But while you're here, there's going to be trouble. But this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. So we preach a lot on faith for, for, the simple, for, for reasons. And that's one of the reasons that if you're having a situation that you're not getting the breakthrough... Many people are waiting on God. You're not waiting on God. He's waiting on you. And a lot of times the ball is in your court and you need to know what is it I need to be doing. And that separates people like me from other ministers because they want to say it's all up to God. Just pray and God will in his own sweet time will move. That is not true. Uh, it is true in some areas. Um, there's things you've got to pray about, like uh, like when I was praying about what to do with my life and where to live. Um, I couldn't use my faith. 
I could use my faith that God would speak to me and show me, but I had to wait on the Lord to open up a door to come to Orlando. And I had to wait on the Lord to open up a door to take this church. And so there are things, yes, I do pray about, and God is moving in those areas for me. But when it comes to redemption, it was already planned for you. It belongs to you. But very often, we don't see the results we want, and now we want to know why. Okay, and I'm going to show you why. And I'm going to show you it's not as difficult as you think, but there is effort involved. So in Galatians 3.11, it says, the, No one is made righteous by the law in the sight of God is evident. The just or the righteous live by faith. That is a lifestyle. If, if you come to this church and you do not understand I'm preaching a lifestyle it, it, it may mean that you become frustrated with me because I will preach a lot on what you need to be doing. And I'm not preaching works to get God to move. I'm preaching action on, based on what the Word says. And that's different. That's very different in the two. And so anytime that I'm preaching a message... I'm looking for you to make adjustments and to act on the word. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. The more you hear that preach, the more you're apt to act upon that. And so people have acted on the word and got saved, acted on the word and been filled, acted on the word and been healed, acted on the word and got their prayers answered and got um, victory in their life or, or got the job they wanted or the raise they wanted or, the, or, or an answer to a loved one. So so there's a lot of things, but I want to show you that, this, that I want to talk to you about a lifestyle. And I'm going to tell you that Justin started this sermon in me when he started talking about Smith Wigglesworth. As a matter of fact, the other day he did a very good thing on, fa on Facebook, uh, either that or Instagram. I think it was Facebook. We was talking about the, um, what, how the men of God became great men of God. How do you become a great, a great Christian? How do you develop great faith? And you, you can. You can develop your faith. And you can develop great faith. And you can live on the earth without any sickness and disease. Any at all. None. Um, it's possible. It's no condemnation if you're not there. You can live on the earth in peace. Now, peace is not the absence of conflict. Peace is something going on in you in conflict. As a matter of fact, sometimes the Word of God will create conflict. And some of you need to start of, of some conflict in your own house. Yeah. You know, and, there, and I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm just telling you there's times you need to say things to people. We'll talk about that one Sunday morning because right now there's too much compromising of the word in America in order to create what we call peace. It's not peace. It's compromise. And all you're doing is just kicking the can down the road. It's, there's going to come day. It's going to... You're going to have to stand up for what you believe in. Okay. So anyway, having said that, Galatians. So in, um, in Romans 5.17, I'm not going to get you to turn there. Just pop it up on the screen, Romans 5.17. For by one man's offense, death reigned through the one. Much more, those who receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. So we're to reign in life through the Lord Jesus Christ. And so I'll go to Mark 4, and this is, this is the scripture that, um, that Justin 
uh, uh, preached on the other day, and uh, I'm just going to finish this sermon since he didn't finish it. Yeah, he. Actually, there's no such thing as finishing a sermon. You, if Kenneth E. Hagin can preach for 70 years on one scripture, I think I can preach two weeks on one, right? Amen. Amen. Mark 4, uh, this is a scripture that uh, Justin alluded to or he quoted. And, this, and the point that he was making was that a couple of young men asked Smith Wigglesworth, how did you get where you are? How did you get such great faith? And I'm going to read the scripture in its entirety to you. It says, the kingdom of God is as a man should scatter seed on the ground and it should sleep by night and rise by day and the seed would sprout and grow and he himself does not know how. For the earth yields crops by itself. We're going to talk about that in a minute. First the blade, then the head, after that the full grain in the head. But when the grain ripens, immediately puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. And he's basically saying here that uh, faith grows. Faith grows. Crops grow. Very often when you are believing God, we have, there's been a misconception based on miracles and the gifts of the Spirit that every time you pray, the answer will be immediately. Most of the time, it will not. Most of the time, it will not. Last night when I woke up, I couldn't even... Well, yesterday, when my, I got home, uh, my foot was hurting so bad, I couldn't even walk at all. Couldn't walk at all. I went in the living room, and I got my faith book out, and I got some scriptures and started standing on them and confessing the word. But I didn't let the devil defeat me because I, I, I got the scripture out. This is the confidence if I ask anything according to his will, he hears me. And if he hears me, I have the petition. So I'm sitting in my chair. My foot is killing me, basically. And I'm like, thank you that I have it. And now when did I get it? When I prayed. Did it feel better then? No, no, not even close. As a matter of fact, I had to get up a couple times and uh, go and do something in another room. And I mean, it was all I could do just to move. But I was not deterred by that because of this scripture. I know that very often your faith from the time you say amen until you see the answer, there's a time period there. And you don't allow that to discourage you in any way, shape, or form because you're building on the Word of God. So do you all see that? The same thing is true with your life. God, um, wherever you are in your walk with God, understand that you've been made righteous and God has already gotten you. Your spirit man is already perfect. But your life has not lined up with that yet. And so God knows that. God knows there's a time between uh, the day you got saved and the time that you mature, and it's line upon line, here and there a little. So there's a growth process in you, and so often we need to see people in church and realize that they have not arrived, but they're not where they were. And you need to not beat yourself up on you have not arrived yet. We know no one in this room has arrived. 
And so we're all at different stages. And so that's where the love walk with each other comes in because I remember what it was like to sit where you sit. Have no idea what anything in this book says. No idea. I don't know how to pray. I'm broke. I don't have any money. I, I remember those days. I remember being confused and Satan beating my brains out because I'm, you know, I don't know if I'm saved, if I'm forgiven. If I do something wrong, I'm going to go to hell. I don't, you know, I was just, even though I was born again, I, I was still confused. And a lot of the way I am today came out of wanting to know that. I want to know. And so, um, so this scripture is very powerful, and I'm going to read it again. The earth yields crops by itself. I'm going to make a statement. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Don't try to make the word work. One of the most frustrating things is to try to get a healing. Stop. Just let the word heal you. Let the word work. Does that make sense to you? If you get up and you get five scriptures and you're standing on them and confessing them, you need to believe the word has the power within it to reproduce after its own self. You plant it in your heart, it will come up. You need to have faith and patience, knowing you'll inherit the promise, knowing that whatever your is, you're standing and believing God for, that that crop is coming. Now, if, I, if any of you have ever grown vegetables, you know that some grow quick, some grow slow. Um, I, I just planted, I just started a vegetable garden in the backyard and I had to, I have to make raised beds because my yard is, the dirt is black. It is black, black. And anything will grow in it, anything. And I planted a garden in it one year and the weeds grew faster than the tomatoes. And after a week, I couldn't even find the tomatoes. And I was weeding so much, I gave it up. And I went, if I do it again, I'm raising it off the ground. And I did. I got it about this high. And so I'm, I haven't, I know it's late. Uh, I, it's late. I know it's late. But I'm playing with it. And, I'm, and I'll go full bore next spring. My own tomatoes, my own potatoes, my own, you know, um, uh, beans. I love beans. I don't know why. I love beans. Beans are full of protein. There's things I, there, there's nothing like going out and eating cherry tomato off your own plant. There's just nothing like collard greens. If y'all have never had them from your own garden, forget the store. Amen. When homegrown food blows your mouth off, like, <laughs> this is good. Okay. Especially if you put some fat back in it, and there's only like three people here that have any idea what fat back even is. I know Debbie Martin knows what fat back is, and you know, I told somebody the other day, get some fat back, and they looked at me, and I went, you don't even know what I'm talking about, and they went, I don't, and I went, yeah, okay, that's, uh, it's not only an age thing, but never mind, never mind, too much of that. It says, the crop yields by itself, first the blade, then the head, the full grain in the head. So there is a progress, and I want to talk to you about that. Faith grows in stages, but it only grows on purpose. Now, what do I mean by that? Let's go back to growing. Nobody's ever had a garden accidentally. Nobody ever walked in their backyard and went, tomatoes and cucumbers and potatoes and carrots, really? It doesn't happen. And so if you have a garden, someone planted it, and if you have faith, you're having faith on purpose. 
you're going to have to be the one that decides. Now, let's go back to what I said a while ago. And this is one of the deadliest, I'm going to say what it is. It, it, it is what it is. It's, it is a heresy in churches. It's from hell that, you know, God is running everything. If he is, he has the world in a really big mess. He's not running everything. He gave dominion to Adam, and Adam gave it to the devil, and Jesus stripped the devil and gave it back to the church. And if you want something to change in your life, you change it. Now, it'll, if you're just going to wake up in the morning and case sarah sarah and be a Doris Day Christian, whatever comes will probably be a little bit of hell, a little bit of heaven, a little bit of this and that. And you'll just live defeated and die and, and go to heaven and say, Jesus, what happened? And he goes, I don't know. I gave the word to you. What, what did you do with your Bible? What did you do with your faith? What, and he's going to look at you and say, uh, listen, I gave you. I gave you my name. I gave you my anointing. I gave it all to you. If you didn't have it, it's your fault. And you're going to be going, oh, I've been waiting all my life to ask you that question. And he's going to say, you could ask Pastor Darrell. He'd have told you. And I think that I say this, this has gotten to be one of the biggest problems because you'll watch on a Sunday morning when people come up for prayer, there's, there's, some of them get healed, some of them get nothing, and you're wondering why. Don't wonder. You don't have to go, why? I'll just tell you why. And I'm going to show you why. Okay, there's, a, you, there's something you need to be doing. And I'm not talking about exerting enormous amounts. Plants growing, they grow by themselves, but you need to put them in dirt and you need to keep the weeds out. So having said that, um, well, I, I, I want to tell you a story. The other night, and, 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 I'm, and I know that um, I'm going to catch a little flack f- for this because of a movie I've been watching, but um, I don't watch a lot of TV. Number one, because we don't have shows on our TV, oh, except Hallmark. And, um, and, and Net, what is that other thing, the, the, the family channel, Lisa was just in here. What's that? Uh, it's kind of like family stuff. Huh? Yeah, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> and so I watched some of it. But anyway, so that's why whenever you see me go over to Chase, you see me planted down watching um, John Wick because that's the first time I've seen a movie in half a year. <laughs> now, I want you all to know I'm not as carnal as you think I am, but when I get in your house and a movie's on, I just leave you alone. I'm going to watch TV. So I don't, because, you know, I don't, and I don't want it in my house because I, I would be tempted to watch it more than I do, and, and I don't want to. I, don't, I like not having it. Right. It's like sugar. Honestly, yeah. we don't have, I don't, Dan Leggett came over one day and he won a cup of coffee and he said, Lisa's where's the sugar? And she goes, we don't have any. We don't have any in the house anywhere. Yeah. And you go, well, why is that? You, you, really, you can get tempted all you want to. Yeah. You just ain't there. <laughs> so, so, but when we go out to a restaurant, it's like a big deal to get a piece of cheesecake for Pete's sake. Hallelujah. So lately on my diet, I've been eating keto donuts. That's like incredible. They're five bucks a piece, so you'd better lose a lot of weight in order to earn one. <laughs> but anyway, I'm telling you about the, my, my sin. The other day, I was w- watching a video, and I was watching a guy that did the alone, 
And that's a movie Lisa and I watched from beginning to end one day where they drop people off up in Alaska or Canada and they just leave them there with 10 items. And there's a part of it that's kind of morbid. It's real slow moving and there's some whining and, and f pity and you, you just have to tolerate some of that in order to watch the guys that make it. And that's, I like to watch the, the guys that are doing good. So the other day, I told Lisa, and we went over into History Channel, and Lisa got it on the TV for me, and, and so we started watching it, and uh, there's two guys in particular, and I want to tell you about them, both. Both of them are skilled. Both of them have skills. Both of them are woodsmen. Both, both men. The first one I'm going to tell you about um, went home day six. He had all the skills that he needed to live alone for a long time, and, and he was defeated quickly. And, I, and I'm watching it from a bit, I, everything I do, I think Bible. I, I filter it, I, I mean, I'm watching, I'm watching Hallmark, and I got scriptures. That woman should have never said that. Scripture said, you know, and Lisa goes, hush, 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 hush. But anyway, this guy goes there, he had all the skills, but before he, they dropped him off, they started talking about all the grizzly bears, the grizzly bears, the grizzly bears, the grizzly bears. And they dropped him in an area in Canada where there's a lot of grizzly bears. And he spent the first six days building a log cabin. And when he got finished, oh, ain't no bear coming through it, baby. And he's in there starving to death because, now here's my point. He needed to build a cabin. He needed to be concerned about the bears. But priority is food. Thank you all. See, whenever you're going to do anything in life, you must ask yourself, what is the most important thing that I should be doing right now? Is don't do number three and lose the battle because you're because you're doing the wrong thing. Well, there's bears. Well, there are bears, but you're dying of starvation, and you can't live on the food you ate before they dropped you off at McDonald's for six days. So he's laying in his cabin, and no bear would come bother him. And he, he goes out, and there's a grouse in the tree, and he throws a rock at it. And I'm going, that is pathetic. <laughs> and he tries to catch a fish, and on the sixth day, he's starting to whine. I'm hungry. Oh, my heart. Oh, and I'm going, you're done. I mean, the moment... He's whining. You're done. I'm going. I told. I mean, I'm hollering at the living room. You're done, buddy. You're going home. You're going home, buddy. And he's laying there, and, and all of a sudden now his heart's starting to act up. But it wasn't because of his heart. It was because of his whining, and and the whole thing started because he was afraid of the bears. Now understand, I get the bear situation, but when you know, but you got to eat. Thank y'all. So the second guy. The second guy was a guy by the name of Clay that uh, lives in Idaho. 
and he is a traditional archer. He, he hunts elk and mule deer, and, and he hunts in Florida, and he's an avid archer, an avid outdoorsman. And so they drop clay off, and clay uh, goes up, and he takes his tarp out, and he throws it over, uh, he puts a branch in a tree, takes him 10 minutes, throws the tarp over it, that's his house. Then he goes looking for food. And he founds like a whole coat of mushrooms. He's got mushrooms in his coat and he comes back and he lays them out. And then he pulls, picks up his bow and walks down through the woods and shoots a grouse. And then uh, he goes down to the lake and he, and, he, and he makes a fishing pole and he catches a trout. And so he's, that night he's laying there and his belly is full. He, he, that's a better dinner than you're going to get at Ruth Chris. I mean, you got grouse and mushroom and I think onions and, and sea trout. And he's going to bed and then the next morning he woke up and he goes, you know, maybe I ought to increase my living quarters here a little bit. But he's got a whole pile of food laying out. And I'm going, and I'm thinking, he is cool. That he's cool. And I'm going, and I'm going, he, I think he will make it. Now, understand this. In my carnality, I will watch the rest of it. I just, <laughs> because I, I enjoy watching how people process problems. All right, now that's kind of where we're going because when, when you're a Christian, if, if you don't process life right, you're going to end up on the wrong end of the stick one day if you're worrying more about your house payment than you are. You know, when you first get married, get a job. Make some money. Hello, thank you. The boat will come later, way later. And if you have a horse, it'll, you're going to use it to plow with. So, you know, you, 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 in life you've got to learn what is, what is important and what's not important. And you're going to find out that, that people are not placing the importance where it needs to be. And because of that, they're neglecting things that later they're coming back and going, I need prayer. Yeah, but you don't even have a garden. What, why, why has it you've never planted any seed? Where's your Bible? Um, so, so these are questions I have for people. And Lisa and I have them. Because I, whenever you get in trouble, and, and I got, I'm going to tell the story right now. Uh, Nancy Collins' mother went in the hospital, and if I tell it wrong, just holler at me, uh, and got COVID, and Nancy and Lisa were on the phone together, and Lisa encouraged her and said, don't let them do the what? Incubation. Incubation. Intubation, whatever it is. Everybody that gets it usually dies. So anyway, Nancy Collins gets in there and um, she walks in the hospital room and the television is on. And Nancy looks at her mother and hands, grabs the remote and goes, no. No. And I'm going, hallelujah. And she sits down and reads the Bible to her mother for what, an hour or more. And then she's got her mother quoting the Word of God, quoting scriptures. Yeah. And finally later, her mother on her own 
just starts praying in tongues and quoting the word. Good news is they took her out of that unit and took her and put her in another place in the hospital, and she is recovering, and we will see her soon. Now, you, you understand, it, uh, I, I'm going to say that I, I know this sounds, you, you, you can't rely on my, my faith in your situation. I, if I could use it for you, I will, but very often I can't. And you're waiting on someone to do your praying for you. And sometimes the outcome's not very good. And then people in the church always blame me they died. Or God. If you were more anointed, then that wouldn't have happened. Well, Jesus was anointed. And he couldn't help Judas. And he couldn't help his own hometown. So apparently it didn't help... Right. Are y'all getting that? So, so, so having said that, I got a couple more stories here. There, there's, another, um, there's another type of a person, um, and I'm gonna, um, I was kind of hoping Zach was going to be here. But when a person wants to look better physically and they go to the gym, you, you have to learn that's a lifestyle. You know, just because you said, I went to the gym, you know what that means? Did you drive around it? You walked through? Okay. But until, until it becomes a lifestyle, the gym won't do you any good. I'm going to go down a few things, but I'm going to say this. Until... Christianity becomes a lifestyle. Church is doing you no good. You just sitting here and listen to me talk? Really? That's like reading books on lifting weights. And there's a lot of people think that I read those books. Did you ever do any of it? So anyway, I'm in the gym with Justin the other day, and Justin's benching. And, and I, need, I need to tell y'all, even though I don't look any longer like I know what I'm doing, when I was 50, I'm, I was benching five, 300 pounds, curling 135, and running three miles a day. So, so I, I actually know. So my f- first time I went in the gym, uh, we, a little sweat box right here in Apopka, my max bench was 155 pounds. And a few years later, it's 300 pounds. And I got a book called Over 50. It was for old guys. It was written by Arnold Schwarzenegger, and and I read it and studied it, and then I applied it, and it worked. So I'm in there telling Justin how to lift, and all of these guys are looking around here going, who's that old fat geezer telling that boy what to do? But anyway, I worked him like a dose of Epsom salts when he crawled off the bench. He'd, He'd known he'd been to the gym anyway. I kept handing him his weights back. He kept going, I'm done. I got, you ain't done. You ain't even near done. Down again and back up. And I mean, I just touched the weight. I mean, I just, I just touched it. You're not done. I shoved it back on his chest again. Because if you, if you have someone there to help you, you can go past where you would normally go. And if you have someone there, use them. Because they're going to take you where you can't go. So I was there with him. I'm going, you're not going to wimp out on me. We're going we're to work you good right now. 
So, um, so here's the thing about the gym, and I wrote it down. I want you all to pay attention. Number one, you have to learn how to work each muscle. It's, it's not enough to just hit the bench, curl a couple, and, and get on the treadmill and run a little bit and go home and go into the gym. There's a lot of muscles you hadn't touched. Just because you come to church, thank you all, yeah. and hear a sermon or two, there's a lot of areas. See, I'm not Mark Hankins. That may shock you. <laughs> and traveling ministers, and I love Mark, and I love Brother Hagen, and I love Kenneth Copeland, but every one of these guys are specialists. Right. 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 But listen to me, I can't become a specialist. Right. We have to talk about men. Right. We have to talk about resisting the devil and, and, and overcoming temptation. I have to cover muscle groups that everybody else is not talking about. We're going to have leg day. We're going to have chest day. We're going to have aerobic day. We're going to have swimming pool day. We're going to have a lot of different days, but they're not all going to look alike if you want, if you want your body to do right. Does you all understand that? One of the reasons I went back to the gym was this. Uh, people have said this many times. Brother Hagin's last uh, one of his last statements he said before he passed away, I wished I'd taken better care of myself physically. Yeah. And I'm thinking, well, if he said that, I definitely need to. Because studying, I sit a lot. Yeah. And I get up and I sit and then I go and I'm like, well, if you don't get in the gym, you're going to be a porker. So I decided, <laughs> no, nah, I'm going back. And so anyway, having said that, so um, I don't want to be a Disney character. The next thing is, and I had to learn this, is that you have to know how to work your tendons out because if you work your muscles past, and I did that. When I was benching 300, I finally tore my shoulder up, and I didn't touch a, a, a weight for over a year because I did not use wisdom. I'm working one thing at the expense of something else. That's why you'll hear me preach on the goodness of God and then you'll hear me preach on obeying God. That's right. That's right. And those are the Sundays you're quiet and you're wishing that I, Mark was here. <laughs> but if we don't hit the tendons, yeah. if we don't hit those parts, you, you can't work your faith. You can, you can go places in faith and your character will... Let me say it right. Your anointing will take you places only your character can keep you there. If the character is not there, and this happens to men of God, especially if they, if they work on their anointing and they work on their gift, very often many of them fall into sin because they never worked on their own character. Does that make sense? That's why you hear people like Smith Wigglesworth talking about uh, living a life of holiness. That was so that God would continue to use him and he would not become... Um, you know, disqualified. Amen. Amen. All right. So the next thing is you need to learn to eat right. You can go to the gym all you want to. I used to go to the gym and eat like a pig, and I was a strong pig. <laughs> and I think one of the most difficult things that I ever did was the day I decided to learn to fast. And I'm going to tell you, my flesh screamed bloody murder. It did. I mean, I have always enjoyed waking up and eating breakfast. 
a big breakfast. And when I decided to, to fast, not break the fast, break fast means don't break, it's breaking your fast. Your body needs to rest from eating if you want it to be healthy. You can pray all you want to, but when you eat at 6 o'clock at night, sometimes the best thing to do is go to 11 or 12. Coffee's fine, black coffee. I do coffee with heavy whipping cream because it's, it's a fat and it doesn't get me out of ketosis. But, it, but sometimes I can't do it, and sometimes I tell Lisa at 10, 10.30, I'm ready to eat. Sometimes it's noon. Um, but, but that is, but I'm telling you, putting my flesh under was one of the most difficult things. I'm like, I love to eat. <laughs> now, I still have this craving for chocolate, but they have a thing called a keto bomb. And it's dark chocolate and coconut, and it is wicked sweet, and yet there's no sugar in it. It's good. Never mind. <laughs> and if I've been a good boy all day, I go get one. I have them hidden in my ammo can with my nine millimeters, and um, I was hiding them from Lisa, and she found my, my, my bombs, and so they're getting less and less by the day because she feels like she owes herself a, a bomb, too. So, so, and I'm going back to the Word of God now. It, it's not enough just to be a doer of the Word. It is very important what you're feeding your spirit and when. And we'll, I'm going to get into that more in just a moment. The next thing when you're in the gym is that you must learn to rest. Sleep is very, very important. And not overdoing anything is, is very important. When I shot archery, I met, this is where I made a mistake. I shot a 65-pound bow every day for 20 years. And, my, and I tore my left shoulder up to where I had to put the bow down. And I just picked one up because I finally got movement in my left arm back, back again after tearing my, I don't know what I tore up. But I learned, you know, I should have grabbed a bow and done the other way, and I should have left it lay for a day and let my muscles rest. Any of you guys that work out, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's not enough. You can't just burn through it. And so spiritually, um, you need to learn to rest in the Lord. You need to have scriptures that cause you to rest where you're not trying to press into the things of God all the time. There's times that you need to cast the care on God and sit back and just worship God and rest. Sunday is called a day of rest for a reason. Um, um, what's his name in California? Jack Hayford said, every day you break a Sabbath, you will spend in a hospital. Your, your body was, not, was made by God to rest. Amen. You cannot push it seven days a week. You cannot. And uh, that's very, very important for you to understand. It's not a legalistic law. The land you farm has to rest your body. You have to just stop. Yeah. Worship God. Yeah. Spend time with God. Spend time with your family. You know, in, in Israel, at 6 o'clock at night, they turn their phones off. Friday. They turn their computers off. Friday. Friday night. Yeah, Friday night. They turn everything off. And you might think, well, that's legalism. Well, yeah, it, you could see it that way. But I'm going to tell you something. When I was growing up, 
Sunday, we, we went on the front porch and made ice cream and picked butter beans and, and we had family time. And those are some of the pre most precious times that I remember because nothing replaces getting together with your family. And there's, not an, uh, there's no amount of money you'll ever make that will replace that. Okay, so you, so you need to learn the rest. And then you need to know how to be diligent. And so I'm using the gym there, and I want to use a third one. I want to use a third analogy, and I might need the Bevel Boys to help me with this. And it's football. Practice in football is more important than the game. Isn't it? It is. I can't imagine. Now, this is, this is very important because I'm going to get into something with a word here. What you do on game day is only a reflection of what you did on the field practicing. Yeah. And, and, you, and I think that the Bevel Boys, if they can holler and amen me, if these guys go out with the attitude, I'm just going through the motions and just, that, that you're going to know it game day because you're not going to go out there and muscle through what you didn't do. If you're not going to give it 100% on the day that you weren't winning a game, you were just out there just, just throwing the ball or catching the ball or blocking, and what are those things they call sleds or skids where you hit them, sleds? And, and I, you know, I'm going to say something about football that y'all may, you know, and, and, you know, my wife doesn't even know how much I like football because I never watch football on TV. I love playing it, but if I had my choice to watch the Bevels, I'd rather watch them practice than play because I know what they're doing. I know what I'm looking for, and I want to see how they act on a field when there's no goal, when there's no ball, when there's no scoreboard. I want to know what's going on in their mind when the coach has them working out and whether they're leaving it out there or not. Am I right? Yeah. And I said all of that to say this. What you do spiritually private will show up when the devil is hitting you. Do you understand that? That's not when you need to go, would someone agree with me in prayer? No, you needed to be thinking about this a long time ago. Uh, okay, so the practice in football is more important than the game. I love the game, but when the guys, are, when the guys are hitting practice and they're giving it everything as a team and everybody on the team has a vision, we will win. We will be number one this year. And, and, and you have to quit listening to what Georgia's doing and what Alabama's doing and what Florida's doing because it doesn't matter what they're doing. What matters is what you're doing. And you have to have the, you have to get out of your mind that, that you know, Gators won last year. We don't care what they did last year. And you cannot see yourself as the underdog because it's going to affect your practice. You cannot go through life seeing yourself as losing or the underdog. Well, you know, my family has, a, has diabetes and my family has always been broken. My family, I don't care about your family. 
You need to forget about your family. You have a brand new family. And you need to quit worrying about what everybody else is doing. And you need to start practicing as though it is very possible for, is it, do you call it Clemson or South Carolina? Clemson. For Clemson to come out number one. It has to do with the mind of the boys on that field. What they're not listening to is as important as what they are listening to. Does that make sense? Am I right? You can psych yourself out and you can lie to yourself that you're better than you are, but there's nothing like knowing that you have had one awesome summer and you're ready for anything they throw at you. And if you do not make it to number one, it will not be because you did not give it 110%. And as a team, you gave it everything. Now that to me is Christianity. To me, this is life. Christianity, faith, is a lifestyle. It's not what I do when I get sick. It's what I do every morning. It's what I do every night. It's what I do. It's my confessing. It's my praying. It's my walk with God. It's the way I eat. It's the way I rest. It's what I'm feeding on. It's what I'm thinking about. It's what I'm not thinking about. And, and, and it's not just, and I'm going to tell you, that is the reason why you're seeing failure in the church. Now, I'm going to tell you something. The mind game that Satan plays with you when you're on the Word of God, believing God, is off the chart, people. I mean, he's going to say to you, your faith doesn't work and you're no good and you're a sorry dog and God hadn't forgiven you and nobody loves you. You're going to hit a barrage of hell and you'd better be ready for the fight. Go back to the guy on the alone. He wasn't ready to be alone. He never mentally thought, what is it going to take to do this? When I hear the word bear... I need to quit worrying about the bear. I got to get bear out of my mind. I got to get poverty out of my mind. I got to get cancer out of my mind. I got COVID. It's not on my mind. The vaccine is not on my mind. Biden's not on my mind. Jesus is Lord. He's seated at the right hand of God. He's ruling everything. The prayers of a righteous man avail much. I, I've got to keep that in my mind and in my mouth daily. Amen. I'm doing pretty good, ain't I? Matthew 7. Let's go to Matthew 7. So anyway, Justin, you did a pretty good job starting me off here. Matthew 7, verse 24. Whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, <laughs> does them, I'm going to liken to a wise man who built. You're, if he's talking about building a house. Do you understand you're building your life? You are building your future. You're building it right now. What you do today, what you do tonight when you get home, what you do tomorrow morning is very, very important if you ever plan on having a good life. Now, we're going to read in a minute that storms are coming. Listen to me. 
They are coming. Do you understand me? Everybody in this room is going to have storms. Some of you will sleep through them. Some of you will stay awake all night through them. But let's come back over here and realize, and I want to read something to you, because he's going to use a word here when it comes to building a house that we all know and understand. Now li listen to this word. Therefore, whoever these saints of mine does them, I like it to a man that built his house on a what? Now we understand that in Florida, there ain't no rock to build on, so we pour it. Now, how many of you have ever seen the foundation of your house? I've seen mine because I built it. That is unseen, but the most important part of your house. Not the walls, not the chandelier, not the lights, not the refrigerator. The most important part is what is it sitting on? Now, the part that you, whatever you're doing in life, if you have skimped on the basics of Jesus, you're not going to make it. You don't skimp on I'm the righteousness of God. You, now I understand this and I'm going to say this and I'm, and I'm not trying to hurt y'all's feelings. You need to get the righteousness scriptures and you need to masticate them. You need to say them and say them and say them and say them and say them until when you're in the battle and the devil brings up you're a this and you're a that what comes out of you needs to be I am the righteousness of God yeah but who do you who do you think you are I'm the righteousness of God if you have not built that foundation when the storms come you where people are going to be asking me where is so and so well, it must have been one of your sermons that did it. No, it wasn't my sermon that did it. Because I've already ticked off better people than that. And they stayed. I'm talking about y'all. Another one is how faith works. That we fight all battles from victory. Those are foundational truths. The love of God is a foundational truth. The love of God is shed abroad in my heart by God the Holy Ghost. That is foundational. Um, God loves me. I'm redeemed from the curse of the law. I understand there are scriptures that you and I need to go. And, I, and every once in a while you'll hear me go over them. See, whether you know it or not, this sermon right here is very foundational to your life. That it's not a button and a lever. It's a life. If you walk away and miss this, you are headed to disaster. And yet we got Christians in this church that come in on Sunday occasionally. And, the, and, and I'm telling you, they're doing good. But it's not raining yet. And, and my heart goes out to them. I'm watching them going, oh, no, 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 no. Oh, no, 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 no. Well, Pastor, I wasn't there. I was busy. Um, listen, listen. Let's go back to football. The coach goes, where were you? Ah, uh, something came up. The heck it did. Not if you want to win this game. They, they, why is it the coach can chew you and the pastor can't? Why can the coach go, you better be here hell or high water? And I say it and you go, 
That's a bunch of legalism. I don't buy that. We're not doing that. I ain't getting that back. That guy's off the chart over there in that world life church. I'm telling you right now. I mean, sure, we don't go to church every Sunday, but you know, we love the Lord and we're online. Well, you're a numbnut. <laughs> There's a reason he told you to, to not forsake. Let me tell you something. There, the anointing's in the room. The anointing yes. is here. Yes. And you need, there's an honor issue. There's a lot of issues going on. And, and there's, there's more I don't have time right now. Right. But I'm telling you what, just, just saying I threw the ball in the backyard, no. Listen, when I was in the gym with Justin, and he will tell you this, my being there, push, I pushed him. And there's a time you need to go in. It's not that I'm my bench more than him now. It's not that I'm better physically fit than he is now. It's just that my being there, I'm going, you're, no, you're not stopping. No, you're, no, you big back down there. You get that. I'm going to take him where he won't go. He won't do it. He will not. That coach will kick your backside, and you're going to perform, and it's hot. I know it's hot. Get back out there. Well, this is boring. It's, it's supposed to be boring. Get out there. Now, so now, now we're talking about you building a foundation, and, and a lot of Christians have never built a foundation. I went into a church one time, a Rhema church, and I preached on fighting all battles from victory, and everyone in the building, including the pastor, had no idea what I was preaching. And I'm going, you went to Rhema? See, some people got a message, some people got a life. Don't ever forget that. You know, I think it was um, a, a man, and I think some people will know who I'm talking about, came to this church for a while, and I'm up here preaching, and I think he's a little enamored that I'm spewing out scripture after scripture after scripture, and he's kind of, he's doing pretty good. So on the way out, he walked through the door, and he turned around, and he said, how long did you work on that sermon? I said, the one I preached today? He said, yes. I said, 38 years. And he said, no, that's not what I meant. I want to know how long you worked on that. I said, 38 years. I turned to him and I said, I'm not preaching out of my head. I'm preaching out of my life. Right. I read it, do it, live it, then I preach it. Yeah. I, I'm not, if you want someone to just get a sermon to you, there's another church down the street. Yeah. Do y'all understand? That's a complete different mindset. This is a lifestyle or nothing to me. And I and understand this, if you come in this church and you have not decided it'll be a lifestyle with you, you won't stay here long. Right. That's true. That's true. Because it's easier down the road. But who wants to be on a losing football team? I don't. Now, I got to tell you something about my personality. I'm going to finish reading this. I, I'm, I don't do anything halfway. That's why I don't pick up too many things. I don't. I just don't. I knew the day I picked up a gun, I was either going to be number one or I'm just not going to shoot. And, just, and you say, well, are, you, uh, are, you, are, are you competitive? No. <laughs> I'm not shooting against them. I'm shooting against me. Right. Yeah, that's right. But I'm using you to see how I'm doing. But, <laughs> and, and so 
So I'm at the club one day. I'm out at the range with a friend of mine named Ross. And there's a guy there, and his name is um, Jason Quick. And he's, Jason is an army boy, and he is grease. He's, he's John Wick fast. He's fast. And he's dominating. And I asked Ross, I said, what's your goals? He said, I'm going to beat Jason. And he goes, I said, that's a pretty high and noble goal. He said, I'm going to do it too. Do you believe me? I said, yes. He said, what's yours? I said, I'm going to beat you. <laughs> and he looked at me and went, what did you say? I said, well, I'm not going to be number two. <laughs> if you're number one, I just, I don't need to worry about Jason anymore. I'm going to beat you. And buddy, I did about half the time, and you have no idea how fun it was. But you know, Lisa would, people would say, you're just competitive. I've seen competitive people. They're mean. I have fun when I go out. I'm having fun. But I don't believe in doing anything halfway. If we're going to play football, we're going to play to win the game. I mean, am I right? I mean, we're just out here to have fun. We're having fun, but I mean, no, we, we're gonna, we want the ring. We want to own the field. We want the Gatorade. We want it all. Okay. Amen. Now, see, only, I mean, is it only men that really, like, Okay, you ladies are the same way. Okay, okay, okay. I know your whole goal is to have as many kids as you can. and You know, I, I thank God for my wife. It, you know, she, she, I built a house, she made a home. I mean, when, when, we go to the, when we go out to someplace, she's in a complete different focal than I am. I'm in there thinking about whether it's pressure treated or not, and which screws we should use. And she's over there going, which color should we paint it? And when she's done, I, I have never, I mean, it's, I hate to say this in front of her. It's almost like God, that lady knows how to make colors look right with other colors. Yeah. And I've just gotten aware if she's got a paint can, I just leave her alone. Because <laughs> when she's done, it's going to look good. Right. But she's going to paint what I built. And, when I, it's gonna, and everybody's going to go, Lisa, it's beautiful. And I'm going. <laughs> but it is true. Women and men are different. So, so let me finish reading this. Um, the rain descended and the floods came. And, and I, I wish I could tell you that it won't. That you cannot go through life pretending stuff won't happen. It will. But if you're ready, I'm going to tell another story on myself. When I was a kid growing up, I am very intelligent. So intelligent, I didn't study. I passed tests just sitting in class. I didn't say I made straight A's. I didn't care. I just want to get out of here. And so, but the days I studied, I didn't fear the test. Right. Thank you all. Right. The days I didn't study, I always got a stomachache. <laughs> so when your kid comes and says, Mommy, I have a stomachache. I know, you didn't study. You go to school anyway. <laughs> just missed a thought. The rain descended, the flood came, the wind blew and beat on the house, and it didn't fall. And it was founded on a rock. And everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them, is not a doer of the word, 
is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. In other words, no foundation. The rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. And when he had said that, he ended the say, and the people were astonished at his teaching, and he taught as one who had authority. And so I think that right there has got to be the crux of the matter. Go to Proverbs 4 now. Am I doing okay so far? Okay. Proverbs 4, verse 20. This is a scripture in your Bible. I want you to highlight it in yellow, put orange around it or green or whatever you want to, and learn it. My son, that would be daughter, give attention to my words. What does that mean, attention? It's, it's not something for you to feel. Pay attention. Pay, you've told, you said this to your kids. What did that scripture say? Not I read it. Are you digging it? Are you quoting it? Are you looking at it? Are you thinking, what does it say? And what should I be doing? What does it mean, cast your cares on the Lord? It means that you are going to give it to God, and you're going to rest, and you're going to sing, and you're going to worship. But you know, I quote, cast your cares on the Lord, that scripture, probably every day I'm alive. I get out of bed in the morning and go, I refuse to worry and have anxiety about anything that will happen to me today. I am paying attention. I'll not let the devil get me anxious or worried or fearful about anything I'm going to hear or see. So, you know, when you wake up and your foot's hurting and you can't walk, your, you, your brain can go, what did you just do? You're going to be lame for the rest of your life. You're... No. I, he forgives every iniquity. He heals every disease. He redeems my life from destruction. He crowns me with loving kindness and tender mercy so that my youth, I'm not old and I'm not going to be old and I'm not going to die sick. Now see, I'm, I'm paying attention to the word and not the circumstance. That's a fight. That's a fight. Go back to the guy on the island. He's paying attention to the bears and he's, and he's going to be gone in six days. He's not going to make it. Go back, go back to, um, to Clemson. Well, we're hearing about how good the Gators are. Have you heard about his quarterback? I mean, does that guy have an arm? I mean, my God, he never misses. You, you pay, listen, you're, you need to stop looking at that, and you need to pay attention. Your quarterback, your lineman, how are you doing? Are you all out there? Did you go home? You can't sit around and talk trash. Children of Israel talk, oh, they're big, we're grasshoppers. And they're paying attention to the enemy, and they're looking at their weakness, and they never even went in. They weren't paying attention. But David went in and said, you have no idea how my big God is. He's going, you are a dog. He goes, I might be, but I'm a pit bull. And you ought to see the guy on the other end of my leash. I mean, oh, he thinks it. See, David's paying attention to the covenant. Does that make sense to you? Very important. I'm going to read it again. I'm going to read it again. My son, give attention to my words. How often? Say daily. Incline your ear to my saying. 
and, and your ear, I want you to think about the last time you said to your child, did you hear me? What, what, you know they heard the words. Did you process what I said so that the next time I see you, you have done what I said? Are you listening to me? Thank you. You and I are the only one. I mean, it's just, I have no idea how many times I told my kids, I go, you might want to listen to what I just said. Because you're going to be accountable for it in about an hour when I come back in this bedroom. Enough. And God said this. Do you hear me? Don't let them depart from where? Now, that means this book is going to be marked up. It's going to have yellow. It's going to have orange. It's going to have green. It's going to have pink. And whenever you're reading and studying... You're going to read it, you're going to mark it, you're going to say it, you're going to meditate on it, and you're going to go, I just planted a seed, and, and, it's, not, and, and it's going to be, I'm going to do it now, I'm going to do this at noon, I'm going to do, see, you don't have to pray, you don't have to read Bible hour after hour after hour after hour to get it to work. Right. All you've got to do is just pay attention to it, mm-hmm. confess the word, meditate on the word, and then go on down your road. See, sometimes I'll go in there and I'm reading my Bible and I'll go lay in the bed and I'll just go, Father, thank you. Thank you for the blood. Thank you that your goodness and mercies are, are new every morning. They're constantly. Thank you, your mercies. Thank you for what Jesus did. I'm just going to sit there and think a little while about the goodness of God. Amen. And I've learned over time, you don't wait until you get in a fight to do that. You better do that all the time. You better do that now. All right, let's, let's move on. Keep them in the middle of your heart, not your head. They are life to those that find them and health to your flesh. Has it ever dawned on you that just reading and quoting the Word of God and letting it work would cause your body to become healthy? Now, now, I want to say this to you. That is easy. Think about how easy that is. You're dealing with something chronic. You're going, I'm just praying and standing on the word, and I'm just going, well, I'm not quite sure how you know what that means, but are you picking up Mark eleven twenty four? Whatever things you desire when you pray, believe I said yes, and you'll have it. Whatever things you desire when you pray, believe I said yes, you'll have it. Father, I thank you that when I prayed, you said yes, and I have it. And you said if I ask anything according to your will, and 1 Peter 2.24 says, by his stripes, I am the healed. Mm-hmm. By his bruises, I am the healed. By his stripes. Now, I might do that at, at, at 8 o'clock in the morning, and then I might walk by my Bible at 11, open it back up, and read them again. Because the, the, the reading of that over and over, Jesus said in Mark that it's the first, the blade. You, you look around, and all of a sudden, there's a, there's a little bit of an answer to prayer coming up. It's not the corn, it's not full bore, but it's, I went to the doctor today, today, was it today? Yeah, I thought it was last week. I have to go in every six months for a checkup, and she's an atheist, and I love to pester her. And she told me today, she says, if you don't take some of the, some of the medicine she's given me, I'm not taking them. 
I don't take her pills. Right. She said, well, you could die. I said, I'm going to be with Jesus. She's going, whatever. <laughs> and I just love to aggravate her. And I don't mean in a bad way right. because she's never happy. And when I go in there, I'm always cracking up on her. And, she, and so my, my body, I mean, everything, I'm healthy as a rock right now mm -hmm. because I quit eating sugar and I quit eating. So every, all my blood work is perfect. And I said, well, it looks like I'm doing pretty good. What do you think? She said, well, it looks like you are. I said, I am doing a lot better than I was last year. She said, yes, you are. And I just get her in this thing. But see, I'm not just standing on the Word. I'm actually doing other things too. Not, I'm taking a little better care of myself, et cetera, et cetera. So, so having said that, I want you to keep your heart with all diligence, your heart, your out of it are the issues of your life. Mm -hmm. Don't let anything in your heart. Don't let the devil in. Mm -hmm. Don't let bitterness in. Mm -hmm. Someone does you wrong, get over it quick. Get over it quick. Yeah. Well, they're just getting off scot-free. None of your business. Right. Yeah. Leave it alone. Don't carry it around. Amen. It'll make you sick. Right. It'll destroy your life. Yeah. Satan wants your heart. Don't let him have your heart. Don't let the world have your heart. Okay, so, so, so anyway, keep them in the middle of your heart. They're life to those that find them, not death, but health. And health is better than healing. For out of your heart comes the issues of your life. If that's true, and it is, wouldn't it be important what you're putting in your heart? Okay. Now, it says to keep them. Knowing truth isn't doing you any good. Just knowing the Bible. I know the Bible. Um, it was somebody in this church not too long ago, oh, Lord, it's 818. It's, I'm supposed to be done three minutes ago. <laughs> said he went to the prisons and preaching. And he came back and said, Pastor, those guys know the Bible better than I do. They do. But they're not doing it. Many of them grew up in church. Many of them can quote scriptures. And they're in jail because they're quoting scripture and praying in tongues while they're robbing the 7-Eleven. <laughs> Are you all out there? Or did you go home? I don't know why my little Herman. Well, I can tell you why. You didn't obey the Bible and whip his backside. There's too many people right now that think that because they heard a scripture or they heard a sermon, they have it. I got one more thing I want to quote to you before we go. Philippians 4, 8. It says, whatever's true, whatever's noble, whatever's just, whatever's lovely, whatever good report, whatever the virtue, whatever's praiseworthy, meditate, mutter, chew the cud, regurgitate it as you rest, mull it over in your mind. Truth is his truth. Noble means loyal, means royal, worthy, just means holy, lovely, means beautiful, good report. What did God say? Virtue, moral character, praiseworthy is, is, is you give the glory to God. It is very important what you think about during the day. Go back to the story that I started with, the guy that's up there in Canada building the cabin. He has all the skill he needs, but he's thinking about the bears. Mm -hmm. And the other guy is thinking, I better get food. What you think about during the day, yeah. mm -hmm. and I'm talking about what you, listen, everybody in this room 
has the devil messing with your head. Everybody in this room, he messes with mine. He starts talking to me about things that people said and did 10 years ago. Remember when they said that? And I'm going, shut up in Jesus' name. Love is patient. Love is kind. Hardly notices. I, I have to do it too, guys. I have to grab my brain and go, you're not thinking about that. And I have to sometimes quote scripture to myself. I'm blessed coming in. I'm blessed going out. Abraham, I have favor with God and man. And I mean, I have to get my mind on, right now in America, oh, don't watch too much news. And it's even epic times, you, no, 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 I don't, I don't give a rip what Biden's doing. God is, I got to think, what is God doing? What's Trump doing? I don't care. What's God doing? <laughs> Are y'all out there? I mean, you just have to get your mind on something good right now. Jesus is seated at the right hand of God. The prayers of a righteous man avail much. I'm blessed going in. The 23rd Psalm, I may just quote it. Goodness and mercy follow me all the days of my life. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Hallelujah. Jesus is Lord. I decide I'm going to count it all joy and just stop right in a bad moment and just worship God a little while. This is, I'm going to say this and I'm done. This is a lifestyle. This is not a, I had a good sermon, Pastor, did not be really good. I really like that part about the guy and the bear. Listen. I'm trying to get you to learn that what you do tomorrow is more important than you even coming tonight. What you do Every day of your life is going to make you or break you. It is the little things you're doing daily that are going to put you over. And you're going to look back one day and go, we made it. We made it. My God, we made it. God has answered our prayers. He is. I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm telling you, I had a good life, and, and it was every morning praying in the Spirit, and every morning quoting the Word, every afternoon meditating on the Word of God, every night turn that Facebook off and pick up a Bible, if it's only 10 minutes, and meditate in the Word, have more to do with success than, than, than getting a better job, making better money. But the people that are making it are doing it because faith is a life. It's not a message. Amen? Say, I'm blessed. Say, God has given me a measure of His faith. I know the Word. I'm a doer of the Word. I'm not just a hearer. I put the Word in my mouth, just like Jesus said, because I can have what I say every day. Every day. Every day. Now, if I want you to live your life that if your friends get around you, they'll think you're crazy. I got to tell you one more story real quick. Riding down the road with Mark Hankins. And him and I will be talking about something, and then he'll just start quoting the Scripture. has nothing to do with anything. I mean, he's just over there quoting the whole, you know, just quoting the Scripture. And you just got to shut up. 
and let him quote. And when he's done quoting the scripture, he'll look at you and finish his conversation. And then about five more minutes, he'll be going down the road, and he'll just start quoting the scripture. And just, he'll just start saying, this is what the word says, and, and I have the favor of God, and I'm blessed coming in, and, and hallelujah, Jesus is Lord, and I've washed in the blood. I washed, I plead the blood, I plead the blood. Now, what were you saying? <laughs> and I went, now I know where he gets his power from. Yeah. Not his prayer time only. He's, he, he's constantly stopping and just quote the word. 30 seconds. Go about your day. But he does it a lot. Almost to the point you go, are you crazy? You got this? Let's pray. Father, thank you for tonight. Thank you for the word. I pray that we'll get up and walk out of here tonight with a brand new revelation of what it means to actually be a faith person. I realize that talking about going to the gym or eating right and maybe being on the practice field every day is not what everybody thinks they need, but it actually is. We're talking about something more important than anything else we do, and it's our time in the Word of God. It's our time with you. You said build on the Word, and I just pray that everybody in the sound of my voice tonight will recognize that it's very important how we build. Our future, it's us. It's what are we doing with the bricks and the mortar that you've given us. And I thank you for this, for this group. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big give now button. Or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.